0: Buying a home can be stressful, intimidating, and sometimes the most perplexing moment in your life. And if it makes you feel any better, I'm also perplexed right now. See, I have to decide how to delineate this information to you so you're so well-informed and so comfortable about making this big life-changing decision, but I also have to decide how many times I'm going to impersonate a pirate. That's right, it's time for the letter R. Let's go, you landlubber. What is up, my how-to-buy-a-homies? It is your super cringy host with the most, David Sedoni. That was the cheesiest thing I've ever done. I'm very excited to be here today and help you guys out, as one of my followers on TikToks commented, I'm like the boomer dad that they never had. Well, so much to really dig in there on that one. But I'm going to take that as a compliment. Even though I am not a boomer, Gen X, baby. Okay, let's jump right in with the R's. Our first R is radon. Now, I don't deal with this where I live in Southern California, but I do know that in the rest of the country, this is actually a big part of many residential real estate contracts. You guys don't have to deal with earthquakes. I don't have to deal with radon. We all got our stuff. What radon is, is a toxic gas found in the soil beneath the home, and it can contribute to some really bummer health issues. So, when you buy a home in certain areas, you have to have this checked out as part of your contract. It's not area-specific either, just so you know. I've actually heard that one side of the street can have super high radon levels and the other side doesn't. So don't listen to all the Karens out there and the neighbors and the Aunt Sallys giving their expert opinion on how they do or they don't have radon. Make sure you check with your local real estate pro. If you haven't tested with the proper equipment, specifically in the house that you're looking at, nobody can say for sure if that house is rate on free. Next up is the rate cap. This is the limit on the amount of an interest rate or an adjustable rate mortgage, the arm as we like to call it, arm. It's the limit that it can increase or decrease during the adjustment period. Now, I know I've defined this one before, but so many of these terms have so many different word configurations for the exact same thing. I know it's tough to know where they are alphabetically. So if you came on here today looking for rate cap, because that's a word you want to know you can get more information under C for cap or under index for mortgage because those things are related. Okay, our next one is rate lock as in locking your mortgage interest rate. This is a big one that you guys are going to need to know about. I explained this in episode L once again because it was lock your loan and get this, the mortgage industry It's already started to change what I said in the L podcast that was just a few weeks ago. See, things change all the time, so you can't listen to anybody when they tell you, that's not the way a loan works. Yeah, well, the banks adjust to figure out how they can get the most customers. Loan locks, they were the subject of some confusion. Not what they are, but when they happen. So what they are, if you don't know, is they actually lock in your mortgage interest rate. And typically that can be 30 to 60 days, and it's there to protect you in case rates go up. <laughs> Anyone seen that happen recently? Rate locking can be a tricky game. It's like a bit of a gamble. Should I lock now? or should I wait to lock later? And lots of their lenders do their best, and they've been working to get their buyers and their borrowers the lowest fees that they can. And but timing those interest rate changes with rate locks, you pretty much need a crystal ball to be able to do that just right. Currently, The big online lenders, they've been getting crushed as the rates have gone up. Their clients have been freaking out and they have questions. And when they call to check in, the online lenders' customer service is, let's just say, not up to par. You know, they haven't really built something that is to help guide and serve and educate the people who ask them for loans. They're order takers. They just punch in your numbers and say yes or no, and they tell you what price you're approved for. That's all they do. Again, as opposed to the unicorn professional real mortgage brokers that have your best interest at heart they are going to get you an approval months and months and months and months ahead of time and let you work with that and then you can dissect and change and plan and work with different rates and different scenarios and different credit score changes that you want to do maybe even do some adjustments to your savings and your debt plans and For the record, I once again just want you to understand, I don't make a penny for mortgage brokers anywhere, and I never have. In fact, I am definitely missing out on some good sponsorship money from one of the big online lenders, Rocket Mortgage. Yeah, Quicken, the old Rocket. They know I talk to a lot of first-time homebuyers, but if they listen, they'd figure out I bash them all the time. So (laughs) they're so greedy, I bet they would love to sponsor my show, but that's not my jam. My jam is educate and empower. I know from experience that these online lenders, they're huge, corporate chop shops. They treat you like a number and they do not pass the savings on to you. In fact, in preparation for this episode, I googled top online lenders and I looked at everybody that was ranking them, including Forbes, NerdWallet, Bankrate, and Business Insider. I looked at their ranking of the top online lenders. Rocket Mortgage is in none of their top 5 online lenders, but I can guarantee you that Rocket Mortgage is the one that you've heard of more often, but it's not the one that they recommend. So why, why, why did the R word rate lock create this gigantic tangent? Because the real estate options are driven by fear, not facts. And the online guys spend more money than they even make in order to get you to call them for their so-called expertise, remember? Rocket Mortgage spent $1.34 billion in the second quarter of 2022 to only make a $60 million profit. All that money spent, and nobody's ranking them as any good in their service. They're preying on the unsuspecting, intimidated, and confused first-time homebuyers. Let's fix that. Viva la revolution. So yes, you're going to start hearing a lot about this. Matter of fact, you're going to see it when you're watching football. I did. Rate lock is the new buzzword as rates are going up higher and higher and everyone's freaking out about it. So yeah, the banks are starting to switch a little bit and they're starting to give you that 90-day pre-writing an offer rate lock. This could be really important for you, but my advice is don't let the 90-day rate lock be the reason that you call someone. It's not proprietary. They're not the only ones doing it. If they're doing it, I guarantee you, your mortgage brokers and your other banks and credit unions and everyone else is probably doing it too. So don't let a 90-day rate lock be the reason that you pick up the phone. If that 90-day rate lock gets you excited and that is the reason that you pick up the phone, it's the first time that you call lender to discuss buying a home, the thing that bums me out the most is that you missed months and months and months of planning that you could have been doing before you thought you were just 90 days out. Things you could have done to work with a qualified mortgage broker who treats you like a client, not a number. And it helps you make a plan that's personalized just for you way before 90 days out. And planning equals options, my favorite part of this whole process. So, do yourself a favor, start early, listen to the podcast, get yourself a team, be a person, not a number. Learn about rate locks from a pro who helped you get to the position when you're 90 days out and is ready to buy a home they'll know all your details and be able to help set you up with the best options that you've been working on since you signed your last lease 12 months ago. Our next R is a ratified sales contract. Now, the reason I tell you this is because it's a fancy word you might hear. Okay, this is when both you and the seller of the house have agreed to your offer, including the contingencies, options for you people in Texas who do everything your way, the due diligence, the conditions, and whatever you guys call it up there in Canada, a ratified sales contract just means it's legit. Our next R is real estate agent. Seems kind of silly that I need to explain it, but there really is some confusing pieces with real estate agent. One more time, here's the explanation. An agent is anyone who passed the real estate license exam in their state or their province, and they need to have an affiliation with a broker. A broker can be the larger company, for lack of a better explanation, but one person, one guy or one gal or one they or them, they can also be a broker as well. So lots of anyone's out there can be a licensed real estate agent. And the way it works is they don't just work with buyers or sellers. In most states or provinces, there is not a designation for I'm just a agent that works with buyers. I'm just one that works with sellers. Most of them can do both. Now, some just choose to more often represent one side or the other. And when you're in a deal, yes, there can be one agent for both the buyer and the seller, or there can be an agent that represents both the buyer and the seller. That's called dual agency. And in some places, actually, it is illegal. So make sure you check all your local laws. Now, that's an agent. Next thing we have is a realtor, and all realtors are agents. So a realtor is an agent, or sometimes also an individual broker, who is also a member of the National Association of Realtors, our friends at NAR, and of course, affiliated with all the National Association of Realtors, local and state associations. An actively licensed realtor is an agent, but not every agent is a realtor. A realtor, they're part of the union and they promise to uphold the code of ethics, and they actually take that stuff really, really seriously. This means they're going to hold each other accountable when they're serving the public, the customers, the clients, and each other. It's a higher standard of practice and care. So that's the definition between agent, realtor, and broker. Our next R is real estate owned, known as an REO. This is a term that you may have seen regarding a foreclosure. See, you don't see lots of foreclosures that actually are available because the way it works is before they get to become a listing like a home you see out on the market, They are first sold or attempted to be sold in auction style at the courthouse. Now, those have to be sold for cash, and it's all investors in there with pockets and pockets of money, and they try to buy these. If they don't get sold there, they go back to the bank, and those are the ones that show up for sale that you see, and they're called an REO, real estate owned. In general, if you don't know anything about foreclosures, just know that you have almost zero say in how the deal gets done. Nothing. No repairs, no credits, no second negotiations. I know a lot of first-timers who get all pumped up about buying a foreclosure and they go and they look at all the REOs. But the real, real behind the REOs is that buying a foreclosure to live in means that you're playing in the investor's pool, but you're looking for a home for yourself. And this can be super sketchy because investors, they're totally down with losing on some of their properties that's fine. They've got plenty of different properties they're buying and they'll take some wins and some losses as long as they've got enough winners. And I don't think that losing being okay or just trying to hit an occasional winner is exactly how you want to go about trying to buy the home that you intend to live in, your one and only home. Okay, moving on, our next term is RESPA. Now, this is the Real Estate Settlement Procedures Act. RESPA, You might hear about this when you're going into the deal, because this is a law that has big old legal jargon, Google definition. The layman's explanation, it's a federal law protecting consumers from getting abused. What it does is it requires the lenders to disclose any known or estimated settlement costs as a home buyer is getting ready and what they're going to have to pay. Our next R is real property. Maybe mentioned this before, but there is no fake property. This term is synonymous with the term real estate. That's the real property. The things that are not attached to the walls and the furniture and all the stuff on the inside, that's not real property. That's called personal property. The next R word is recorder. And no, it is not an instrument, even though it is my favorite thing on TikTok. I love seeing those recorder videos. But in real estate, a recorder, it's the public official who keeps records. Of the transaction, all the ones that are going to affect the real property in the area. Sometimes they're known as the registrar of deeds or the county clerk. So, what do they do? They do this thing called recording, our next R. That's the filing of a lien or other legal documents in the appropriate public record. It can also be a term that you hear when you officially close on the property. We recorded. That means you own the house now, and the county actually has you on record as the person who owns it. The transfer of possession is complete. Our next R is refinance, and I did this one in the M episode under mortgage refinance, but here's your quick refresher. Are you stuck with your interest rate for the life of your loan? No. In fact, there are a bunch of lenders out there that make their living on just refinancing people over and over again into better rates. Another reason to be careful when you choose who you're going to be using for your loan because you want someone who does purchase loans, not just refinances because it's totally different, especially in 2023 and beyond because rates have been so low in 2022 and the years before that that tons of lenders have actually just really ignored purchase deals altogether and they're just doing refinances because the rates were so low that that was where they could get a ton of business, which means that currently maybe they don't know jack cheese about doing a decent purchase loan. And just to finish this one off, here's the Google definition. A mortgage refinance is when you take out a new loan to pay off and replace your old loan. Bonus tip on refinancing, usually the fees that you get, they're not that big a deal when you do a refinancing of a loan because like when you bought your home, you might have an extra 30 or 45 days without your next payment on the mortgage until the new loan resets. So, you have plenty of time to make the money and you can have some of that money go towards the fees, if any. Kind of cool. Okay, some of you might find rehabilitation mortgage when you're looking in the R's. and a rehabilitation mortgage, all of these have numbers that start at the beginning of the type of loan. So go back and listen to episode 94 because I put the number definitions before the A terms, and that's the very first one. The next R is a rent back. This is something that got a lot of play in 2022. So let me explain to you what it is. A rent back or a lease back. This refers to an arrangement when after the recording and closing of the home and the sale transaction, remember recording is the official transfer of possession, right? The buyer at that point, who is now the homeowner of the home, they agree and allow the seller, who now becomes the tenant, to stay in the home beyond the actual closing. The terms are negotiated prior to the situation occurring, and they're often going to include some kind of lease deposit, potentially a daily rental rate, and of course, a length of time that you're going to let this go on. They're a little bit tricky and they require some skill from as long as you got a killer unicorn realtor, they're going to be able to work that out for you. And sometimes if you've got time to offer, you can score a cheaper deal if the owner needs to stay in the home for a little bit longer to figure some things out. As I mentioned many times before, real estate is about two things, time and money. And the more you have of both, the better price and the better terms that you can end up with yourself. The next R word is rescission. Now, this is for a refinance loan, not a purchase loan. You don't get three days to have a lemon law and decide that you can go back after you've already purchased a home. But with a refinance, you might get three days rescission and you can go back and change your mind. Revolving debt. Now, you should know the difference between revolving debt, like a credit card that has a cap and you can withdraw from it and pay but there's no end date, right? That's revolving debt versus an installment loan that has specific payments for a specific amount, usually that you just draw one time and it's got an end date. Think car loan. Okay, you've been doing really good listening to all these real estate terms, but now it's time that we're just gonna jump into another random game of why do we say that? I'm doing one right here, alphabetically in order in the R words. It doesn't have anything to do with pirates. But I had this one on my list and I thought I'd throw it in. Riding shotgun. Does anyone know where that term comes from? I'm sure you guys say it all the time, but do you know why? Bam. Those of you listening at home, my video producer just said that he got the correct answer. Well, he just told me the correct answer. I know it's just cause he plays way too much red Dead redemption Redemption two. You yeah, play that's two? Right. That's two two. ok. yeah. See, back in the old timey days, stage coaches were ripe for the robin. So they often had a bodyguard sit alongside the driver carrying you guessed it a shotgun. Yeah, I even put that in the correct alphabetical order, riding shotgun. So there it is. That's your why do we say that right in alphabetical order. So continuing in the alphabetical order for real estate, we'll go to the right of first refusal. That is a provision in an agreement that requires the owner of the property to give another party the first opportunity to purchase or lease the property before that seller offers it up for sale or for lease to somebody else. Now, this used to be a big deal. It's not used as often recently, but it still might come up if you're in a backup offer negotiation. And it's good to know what a first right of refusal means. Basically means you got to give us a chance first before you try with somebody else. And there's usually some kind of catch for you to be that person. Our next R is the Rural Housing Service. Again, acronyms, it's called the RHS. So if you live and you're thinking about buying a home in the rural areas of the United States or Canada, you should know about in the U.S., we have the U.S. Department of Agriculture, the USDA. I'm not quite sure where they got up in Canada, but check with the unicorn. They'll let you know. Down here in the U.S., we've got some of these USDA loans that go through the RHS and there's zero down loan programs for first-time homebuyers in the RHS. So that's the agency within the USDA that operates the range of programs to help rural communities and individuals by providing loans and grants for housing community facilities. And that same agency does some other cool stuff. They also work with private lenders. Sometimes they'll actually be guaranteeing loans for the purchase or construction of single-family housing. Okay, and that's it for the Rs. And before we wrap up, I'm going to give you a special bonus definition. Since we're in the Rs, why don't we define real estate? I went back and looked this one up, and the real in real estate, that comes from some terms referring to genuine or fixed, right? Real makes sense. Now, estate comes from a 16th century French word that I'm not even going to try to pronounce for you, but it's pretty close to estate. And what that meant is status. So the term real. Estate means genuine or fixed status. So, if you're out there and you're still thinking about renting and you're trying to figure out what you can do to get ahead in life and you feel like the landlord's crushing you and what are you going to do, I've got an idea. How about some fixed status? There you go. That's it. That's all the R's you ever needed to know or probably ever wanted to know about real estate. And look, I didn't do any of the pirate jokes. Wasn't that great? Okay. So, do us a favor, help us out, spread the word, rate, review share our podcast. And if you're looking for more information and much, much less cheesy humor, go to howtobuyhome.com. Come on in there, ask your questions. There's an ask a question button. There's an ask David button, everything you need to know about buying your first home. It's all right there. And of course, I'm not going to stop at R, more Alphabet episodes coming your way soon. So keep listening, keep watching, and most importantly, keep learning. You can do this.